This is Let's Talk to Lucy, starring Lucille Ball. A very warm welcome to you all. I'm Gary Morton, and now, let's talk to Lucy. Hi, this is Lucy, and I'm down in Palm Springs. I'm uh, spending some time at our Palm Springs home at the moment, and uh, waiting for the kids to get down here. And in the meantime, I ran into one of the bright new stars on the television horizon. I found Mr. Bill Bixby on the golf course today. And uh, I realized that I didn't know Bill well enough. I had a few things I wanted to find out about him, so I asked him to come over and, and talk uh, with me so that you can listen in. Now then, hi, Bill. Hello, Lucy. And thank you very much for being with us today. As thank I you say, you are uh, one of the bright new stars, and I like talking to bright new people and finding out what makes them tick. Now, you told me something that surprised me today. You said that you were one of the entrance that I turned down at the beginning of my workshop. It wasn't that you turned me down. It was that you did not feel that I was ready for your workshop, but you encouraged me to go on to study with somebody else and learn a little bit more so that I would be ready for the level that you were working at at that time, oh. which was because you were planning, uh, as I recall, and did, uh, have the students work with you. You worked with, the, with all the students, and then you actually put a show on television. Apparently, you were way ahead of the students, and I wasn't very astute in saying that. Well, I sort of messed up in one area. When I came in, as you know, we all did a scene for you, a dramatic or a comedy or any kind of a scene. I seemed to have picked the wrong scene. At that period in my life, I felt that uh, uh, everyone wanted a good dramatic actor. So I came in with, I think, I believe it was a Tennessee Williams scene, and I tried to be Marlon Brando, not Bill Bixby. Uh -huh. And uh, Bill Bixby is a very working concern, isn't it, right now? Well, I've been very lucky. I've been very busy. Now, let's tell everybody what you do on The Martian Show. Yeah, my favorite my Martian. My favorite Martian. And I play the nephew that found the Martian. He lives in my home, Tim O'Hara. And um, the show has now been on for two years, and very fortunately, we will be on a third year. It's gone very well. But... I must go back now. I want to join the two ideas together. First, you encourage me to continue to go on and to study with a good, a good teacher, get myself ready for professional work, which I did do. Uh, and I've been so lucky in between having worked with such marvelous professional people. For example, Sheldon Leonard, who is uh, Danny Thomas's producer, got me on an open call one day. I think 50 of us read for one small comedy role. I got that role, and he liked me so much, he used me the next week in a different role. And then he uh, used me in an Andy Griffith show two weeks later in lead and gave me my own separate guest star card. Uh, who is Bill Bixby? I, you know, and I got a card anyway. Isn't that great? Now, that's, that's, you see, everybody always asks, how do you get started in the business? You just keep beating your head against the wall, I guess, until somebody... Uh, you make yourself available and you study right. and be ready. Oh, that's an interesting <coughs> point, I think, to me. Uh, making yourself available. I went off and worked. I did uh, what I called motion picture summer stock in Detroit for two years, working in industrial films at Jam Handy and Wild Incorporation and so on, that made just industrial films, films which would not be released to the public, but would give me camera experience. This is after I was with you. Great experience. And uh, so I knew about uh, the technical behavior that you must have around a camera before I made any mistakes in Hollywood, which is very, very lucky. <laughs> yes. And so that when, um, when I came back, uh, in a sense... I was prepared to uh, accept professional work, not just from an acting point of view, but also from a, a technical point of view. Which is very important on oh. the set when you're working at top speed. But while I was doing that, I was making money at the same time. And I saved it for two years, and I saved enough money to be able to study for six months without working. 
that was the most important period in my life because it's very difficult to work. It can be done, of course, but to work and try to be really attentive to your studying and still have responsibilities of paying your bills and uh, being a normal citizen while you're studying at the same time. So I was lucky. I had six months to study without working at all by watching my budget and... Uh, and you happened upon a very good teacher. A very good teacher for me. A man or a woman? A woman. She was a very dynamic, a very strong person, very good for me. What's she, her name? Estelle Harmon, and she taught me uh, discipline first, and... Um, what does discipline mean? Discipline, uh, to me, means... For our listeners. To conduct yourself in a professional manner at all times, whenever you're on a set, whenever you're around anybody, you're never late for a shot. Your temperament does not involve the time of other people or, or the production company. Life, it's like any other job. You're paid to do a job, you're paid to be there and to know your material, come in with your, with your words learned, Come in with some creative ideas. You can try them. If they don't work, fine. But at least you're offering more than you're being paid for. You come in with authority. That's right. And uh, Where are you from? San Francisco. Are you an only child? Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind it at all, as a matter of fact. No, I think it's probably <laughs> usually better than being stuck in the middle of a large family. Oh, come now. now. We have other guests here. Yes, well, we're... We're uh, talking at home, for my listeners' benefit. We're talking at our home at Thunderbird, so the three poodles are giving us a little encore here once in a while. Um, how old are you, Bill? I'm now 28. You look about 18. Well, thank you. That'll hold you in good stead for a few years, I guess. Well, it, uh, I hope so, uh, because there's another advantage involved when you do look a little younger than you are that... Uh, uh, Remember, I'm still in a training period in my life. It just happens that I happen to be on a successful series. But I am learning the idea of regular work and the responsibility of being in a position that is a little different than I was before, where I did a lot of guest shots, but no one knew who I was. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a new discipline to be learned now, a work discipline of working uh, much more than eight hours a day, putting in a 10 to 12-hour day. And uh, you still have to go home at nights and work. And when you do it day in and day out, five days a week, it requires an entirely new attitude toward what you're doing. There's no longer the thrill of getting a new part. I know I'm going to be working every day. So in order to keep it stimulating, I have to make new things for myself, new interests for myself every single day I go to work. I know, I know the character of Tim O'Hara. I know Ray Walston and what he's going to do, which is another great advantage. I said working with pros. Ray Walston is one of the greatest pros I've ever worked with. He's helped me immeasurably. Uh, Pamela Britton, who works the show, was one of the most marvelous ladies I've ever worked with. So I've been lucky that I've had these kind of people to work with and learn from. I'm still learning all the time from Ray. He's unbelievable. I wonder where you got the uh, insight as to how to work and what to appreciate. Uh, most people, young people your age, don't appreciate. They're not grateful for the type of things that you have just mentioned, the pro people that you work with or... They, they're not even cognizant of how they should go about preparing themselves for this business. Where do you think you got the insight? That is a, a difficult thing for me to say. I'd have to go back to my family. They well, that's what I hoped you would say. A sense of responsibility. Uh, I've always been pretty much of uh, not a loner, but an independent. Uh, if I would go to my father and say, gee, I'd like to, uh, Dad, I'd like to get a car for want of, of, of a subject. And he'd say, fine, you earn half of the money, and I will put up the other half of the money. Well, for a teenager, that's an awful lot of money. So I would change to a, a good, expensive bicycle. But the point was that <laughs> I had to go out and I had to earn the money from my half of whatever it was. If he uh, said no for whatever the reason might be, then I would go out and earn the money 
anyway on my own. And I, I enjoy people. And I think this is probably one of the most important involvements of all. If you really enjoy the people you work with or the people you're around, you bring much greater energy to whatever you do from day by day by day. I've always had this kind of, I'm a very curious person. I'm the only one that would go into New York City after this series started, never having been there before, and go around gawking instead of, you know, uh, trying to be very uh, suave or whatever it's supposed to be, or very nonchalant. Instead, I go around, I'm staring at buildings, walking into people, and I'm obviously a visitor to the city, but I want to know about the city. That's why New York is New York, or that's why Jackson Hole, Wyoming is Jackson Hole, Wyoming, or why Phoenix is Phoenix, and so on. Curiosity, and the, and the, what a wonderful thing interested. to have. And about people, particularly, when you're in this business. <clears throat> I have lots of curiosity about you, Bill Bixby, but our time is up for today, and you promised to be with me tomorrow, so we'll continue with your very interesting life story. Thank you, Lucy. Very personable young man I have been talking to, Mr. Bill Bixby, who is a regular on My Favorite Martian. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Be with us again tomorrow. Bye now. Hi, this is Lucy, and again today, my guest is Mr. Bill Bixby, a very wonderful newcomer to the television business. I hope you enjoyed our little chat yesterday. Bill gave us a very interesting insight on how one should conduct oneself when you're just starting in this very tough business. Bill, thank you very much for being with us again today. Thank you for having me back again. I uh, want to continue. Uh, may I ask a question before we start? You sure may. You, you said yesterday that uh, you introduced me as a television star. Yes. Well, you got me on a fetish. Oh, one that I put in print. And even though I'm a guest on your show, I don't want to correct you on your That's show. That's all right. But and for me to say this to you is going to sound terrible, but I, I, there are exceptions to the rule of which you were one. I don't think there are television, uh, there are stars, as I think of the word stars, in television, at least someone who starts in television. And I, now my only reasoning for this is that a young actor or any actor who starts in television becomes a known personality. When, when you start to consider television, well, I, our show, your show, encompasses the entire world. This is a very difficult thing for me to grasp. I know once when I was in New York, uh, some people stopped me from England, and uh, they said, you know, aren't you uh, Bill Bixby, the Tim O'Hara? I said, yes, you know, and I said, you've seen it. And they said, yes, in, in England. And it didn't dawn on me until that moment I, if I if I had gone to London at that time, I would be recognized on from their television programs. Well, this was an amazing thing. For it took me weeks to realize the the immensity. Well, the only thing is uh, that to me still does not does not make you a star. It makes you a television personality, someone who is known and is recognized, and something. Uh, someone that if everyone likes you, they'll tune you in every week, or they'll tune you out. I stand corrected, but I think with your, the way you think, Bill, I think uh, Star will very soon be tacked to your name. Well, I hope so, but if that, I won't know till I have a box office that someone has to pay to see me. Then I'll know if I'm a star. That's true, and there are many facets of the business, and I appreciate your bringing that point up. Uh, it is loosely used, the word Star, and until you have uh, encompassed an awful lot of the uh, divisions of show business, perhaps you, maybe when you've covered the stage and the screen and a few rodeos, you'll... Uh... When people go to see you and they're willing to pay because they enjoy you as a personality, then I think that that is a little bit different. They're going to see you because there's a, an involvement. They want to see you work. Um, it, it just is it's difficult for me to, to grasp the idea of stardom. And I'll tell you why. When I first went to New York, when the show was sold, and uh, there was quite a fuss being made. It's going to be a new, exciting comedy and so on. I went to New York, 
And now, we had not started shooting the series yet. We'd only made what we call the pilot film, which is the first film which sells your show. And that's all. And that's all anyone had ever seen. No one knew who I was. I walked into New York and I was introduced as the star of a new television series. And they said, oh, you're a star. Marvelous. Who are you? <laughs> and they were 100% right in saying that. Because I, who am I gonna, what am I going to answer? I don't know who I am, but I'm a star. And uh, it just didn't make sense to me. Oh, that's wonderful. And I think it was in the abuse of the word because yes. uh, star used, used to have a great meaning to it. And I think it's just, I'd like to see that meaning come back again where people are special people because they are stars. And you're going to help it come back by the way you think. You ever been married, Bill? No, I haven't. No. Do you want to be married someday? Oh, yes. I love children. As a matter of fact, you asked me yesterday, and uh, maybe I can answer it for you today, at least a little bit, where I uh, studied and where I got my, my timing or my technique or whatever it was for comedy, which uh, is right now in its infant stage. But I got it mostly from children. If you watch children, the beauty of children is the fact that they are uninhibited. They say what is on their mind, and they say it so instantly that it catches adults off guard, whereas an adult will think to make a remark and design what he's going to say either to impress somebody else or to impress himself. Children don't. This, to me, is the most humorous thing in life because they'll, they'll come out with things that are so innocent. They're not funny. If you were to read them, they would not be funny. But the way they are timed and the way they are said by children, they're hysterical. And I try to use this same kind of technique at least for myself, just watching a, a little boy and a little girl trying to cross the street when their mother said, you know, when you cross the street, you be very careful. And the big brother trying to get the little sister across and both of them are, it can be an hysterical pantomime yes. on a street corner. Beautiful. If you take the time to watch it. Yes, if you take the time for everything, it's a marvelous habit to get into. So Go many back to people, people again. Yeah, yeah. so many people don't take the time to do anything, to think or to rest or to work or to play. And it's so wonderful when you realize that, that you should. I know I've had a lot of letters since the show started from, from uh, boys and girls and young adults who have said, how do you get started in acting? How do you do it? You know, well, I always write back first hard work. And, but, but secondly, I never recommend to anybody. First, I say finish school. Get as much as you can. If you can, go through college. Because the, to me, the idea of an actor is to, to be able to express and convey ideas. That's all his purpose really is. The words are written for you, but it is how you deliver them as to whether or not the public understands what you're saying and if it has a sense of direction. Uh, so I never recommend drama to anybody. I, I say take anything but drama, because the technique of drama is not that difficult to grasp. But ideas can be difficult to grasp. And if you expose yourself to as much as possible, regardless of what it is, you have to have something more to say. But if you just major in drama and, and, and just make your life that shallow, that that's all you know, all you really know is a technique, but you really cannot bring too much to it in terms of intellect. Not that you have to have the deepest intellect, but at least an understanding of what is going on around you. And I think this is a little more important. It certainly is. Than uh, going to school as a freshman in high school and saying, I want to be an actor and that's all I want to be and that's all I'm going to know and nuts to mathematics and nuts to uh, history or anything else. And so you end up an adult later who really has a very shallow outlook on life. All you really know is what you do. And that can make a very dull human being, I think. I get thousands of letters. I wish I had answered them that well. That's <laughs> very, very good. Everybody wants to know how to start at the top. That's the thing that kills me. They talk about how do I become a star and rather than how do I get a job. And most people aren't prepared for it either. Of course not. 
I, I'm against anything happening rapidly because I don't think you have any foundation if it happens. If someone walked up to me tomorrow and handed me five million dollars, I could say, "Pooh to the world! I don't have to do anything anymore. I don't have to work as an actor or anything else." And I'd be probably be very ill prepared. And within three or four years, I'd probably be very ill prepared for life because I would have lost three years somewhere between the time I used to work creatively and between the time or the time I lost by spending a lot of money and having a good time. Isn't it fun to work creatively? Oh yes, I wouldn't miss it for the world. It's more fun than going to 40 parties. I Vivian and I have always said we have much more fun on the set than we do any other I've place. I've watched you so many times, it's silly. I used to come and watch you rehearse and, and watch you and Vivian on the set, and it was, it was fun, but you could see the direction it was taking, and you were working all the time. This is very, actually it was a great stimulus for me because we're only, what, three sets away, and I would go back again, but it was a new enthusiasm. I've never had a chance to go on your set. I'm always so busy on mine, and I didn't know you were on my set, but I'm glad you were. Perhaps you can tell me how we do it. You do. I don't know how you do it, but you do it marvelously well. <laughs> we do it in four days, and you have five days. Is that it? Well, we shoot... Uh, one camera? We shoot a one-camera show we do because of our three. special effects. And we do three cameras, yes. But I, I miss that. I started on a three-camera basis, like you did. With an audience? With an audience. Oh, I didn't know that. On Danny Thomas's show. Oh, and then I, I became... thought you meant in my f uh, favorite Marshall. Oh, no. And then uh, they made me a regular on Joy Bishop's show, and, and he used, used three cameras and, a, uh, and an audience. And I got used to the technique of three cameras and rehearsing four days. So that oh. you really had a sense of direction. And uh, uh, you know where the beginning, the middle, and the end was. Now, on a one-camera show, mm. they can shoot the end first, uh, which requires a little more homework on your part. But yeah. it's fun. Yeah, and I enjoyed it. But I, you're learning. I believe that work is fun. That's right. I really it really do. doesn't matter how, what form it takes. Uh, our time is up again today. I can't believe it. I haven't uh, asked you all the questions, so please be with us again tomorrow, will you, Bill? Thank you. Okay. Right I've after been... golf. <laughs> okay, right after golf. I've been talking to Mr. Bill Bixby, and uh, we're talking together in Palm Springs, California, so I hope you'll be with us again tomorrow, and uh, I hope Mr. Bixby will uh, get off the golf course in time. Bye for now. Hi, this is Lucy, and again today my guest is Mr. Bill Bixby, very personable young man who is a regular on My Favorite Martian. Uh, Bill, thanks for being with me again today. Uh, you said that you were not married. No. And you never have been married. No. And uh, you want to be married because you love children. Well, I want to be married for more reasons than that, but All right. children would be a good statement. That's what I wanted <laughs> to hear, Bill. Kind of left that out yesterday. Now then, uh, what are the other reasons? Well, in the first place, I happen to be a, a normal human being, I think, and uh, I think... All, for the, all the normal reasons that anybody gets married, I want to get married. I want, first place, I want companionship and good company. Uh, I would like to be able to take care of somebody and have responsibility like anybody else, other than to myself. In this career, you've always got responsibility to yourself, but to your career, and your career is yourself. So that gets pretty selfish after a while, and it can get pretty boring. But um, I want to get, uh, I just want to have a nice, normal life. And uh, it's not the easiest thing to do. I guess you have to work about as hard as that, at that, as you do at, at any career that you would want to do. But if nothing else, it would be uh, different and take me a little bit away from, from me. What kind of a home do you envision? What kind of a house, first of all? Uh, well, I haven't married the girl yet, and I, she's 50% of the decision, so I think I better wait. I love your answers, Bill. You're just <laughs> a doll. You. you really are. Well, but you must have some idea of what kind of a house you prefer. Well, I change from time to time. Uh, I'm living in one now that I, I did myself, and it's very colorful. I decided I wanted to go on a, on a color kick. I wanted uh, a bright feeling, uh, and so I did it. And now I'm living in it. And is it up I in think, the hills, or yes, uh huh, it's up 
up near Mulholland where I have a view. I'm from, being from San Francisco, yes. I have to have a view and a fireplace and a dog. <laughs> yes. And, um, but it, the color is marvelous, and I like it, but it lacks something. I can't tell you what it lacks because I don't know myself. It lacks a wipe. But it lacks a wipe or it lacks some kind of warmth. It's a good expression for me, but it isn't a complete expression. Uh, so maybe that's why I want to get married. I would like to finish the whatever expression it is I'm supposed to make. And probably when you get married, you, you'll get down on flat ground because you'll be worrying about the children tumbling down the hill. Probably. But <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be too bad because at least I'd have a new worry, which is all right. <laughs> a new worry. Look for a man who wants a new worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I worry about my dog a lot. You know. What kind of a dog do you have? I have a German Shepherd. He's just so full of love. There, if people were more like dogs, I think it would be... If it was a dog's world, I wouldn't be too unhappy because... All they ever really ask for is love and to be taken care of. Now then, what uh, aspirations do you have acting-wise? You will not always be in my favorite Martian, although it's running high speed still. But what would you like to do? Would you like to do a, a show in New York? Would you like to do pictures? Well, I started a musical comedy. That was what I wanted to do, and that's what I had intended to do when I came to Hollywood after I got out of the service. You sing and dance? Oh, yes, yeah. I started as a uh, singer. Oh. And uh, musical comedy just seemed, I, have to, I felt I had a feeling for it. And Hollywood, ha, huh, that was my attitude. Really? New York was the thing, and I was going to go to New York and, and swathe a big uh, road for myself. But as it turned out, um, I had done a couple of musicals in Los Angeles and a, and a play, and it was very, very satisfying, except for one drawback. And I'm delighted I found it out before I went to New York. I happened to be in a hit play in Los Angeles. It was under the Yum Yum Tree, and it ran for over three years. I was in it for a year and a half. Eight shows a week for a year and a half. Eight shows of the same show for a week for a year and a half. And I just realized if I were lucky enough to go to New York and get in the long run, I could not stay with the show for over, I don't think I could stay with it over six months. Uh, it just doesn't hold the creative interest for me, as opposed to motion pictures and television, which I think is the hardi hardest medium I have ever experienced in the business, because every day, long hours, and you're doing new material every single time you step in front of the camera. But it is more of a challenge, and it is interesting, and if nothing else, you have a constant interest going for yourself. And so I'm going to stick with television, I hope, and pictures, if I'm lucky. I think if you're I'm going lucky. to be very lucky, Bill. You don't meet many young people like yourself with this wonderful uh, way of going about their life. You had a great family. Your mother and father still in San Francisco, Bill? Oh, yes. And very active? And very, very active. As a matter of fact, uh, my parents are, are, to me, an ex exceedingly interesting combination of people. My mother is an extrovert with the same kind of energy that I use. I must be doing something all the time or I really, literally go crazy. Uh, as opposed to my father, who is the, the quiet person, but with quiet strength. When he says something, he only says it once. And he's a gentle man. And there are not many gentle men left. And he is a man, you know he is a man, so he doesn't have to prove it. Uh, my mother is a woman, she knows it, and she has that, that drive. So with the combination of the two, I hope, somewhere rubs off on me if, if I'm lucky enough. Oh, I think it has, Bill. What a <laughs> nice thing so. to say. I hope they're listening. What nationality are you? English and Scotch. And there's another. I, I'm full of ironies. <laughs> the families, when we finally had a genealogy run, someone in the country did it for me. When they saw the show and saw my name, ran a, a genealogy yes. for me. The families, my mother's maiden name was McFarland. 
they were on an island, I think, 30 or 40 miles off the coast of England. My father's family was on that same coast. They were about 30 or 40 miles apart. Now, one went around the Cape, or the Horn. I, can't, I can never remember which is which, but one went around and uh, ended up in San Francisco. The other ones came to Boston and covered the, across the country by covered wagon. And they met in San Francisco. Now, all they had to do in England was cross 30 miles of water, and they could have gotten married there. Isn't that a beautiful story? How yeah. far did you go in school in San Francisco? I went to the University of California, and I finished school there, and then went in the service. And then came, as soon as I finished, I came down to... Uh, what branch of the service? Army. And uh, like anything else, you know, I enjoyed the Army. Sure you did. Well, I did, but not many... I know you did. But uh, why and fight I'm it? I'm enjoying you, Bill. There's about five million of them <laughs> and one of me. I'm not going to fight them. Yeah. So uh, uh, I enjoyed the service. And, you learned uh, how to gripe just to keep them happy. No, I didn't. Your cohorts, uh, I mean. I really didn't have that many gripes. I like plain food. They served plain food. Yeah. Uh, I like to get up early in the morning. They got up early in the morning. Uh, the marches got a little tedious, but it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but you felt you were gaining your your health right along the line. I came out in the best physical condition I have ever been in in my entire life. Of course. Life. Well, I... I tell you, you have painted a beautiful picture for us. I think everyone would like to know Bill Bixby. And I hope this has um, enlightened you a bit about Mr. Bill Bixby, who is part of my favorite Martian. I've certainly enjoyed talking to you, Bill. You're quite a guy. Thank you, Lucy. Thanks for having me very much. Thank you. Well, friends, that does it for this week. Please join us on Monday. Have a pleasant weekend and drive carefully. Bye. Are you loving Let's Talk to Lucy? Then you have a real treat in store for you. A new episode is being released every week on the SXM app and wherever you listen to podcasts.